What is up, guys? Nick Script here on the P2W Fantasy Podcast. Having another office episode, capitalizing on uh, a lunch break here. Got a busy, busy first few days of this week. Uh, I'm running a high school soccer program, so that's been taking up a lot of time outside of my actual full-time job. And I got our first game tomorrow, so just trying to, uh, again, capitalize on a window of time here in the office. And the topic of the day is one I'm pretty excited about. I had a big thread about it on Twitter that did really well. Uh, I had a super, super cool graphic that went with it too, is the 2022 My Guys list. So before we get into that, as always, this podcast is partnered up with the Fantasy Points Media Group, which is a branch of FantasyPoints.com. Go check out FantasyPoints.com for a one-stop shop for everything fantasy football you are looking for. Projections, rankings, advanced data, articles from some of the best guys in the industry. If you go and check out FantasyPoints.com slash subscribe, you can use my promo code P2W22 for a discount. Again, well worth it. I'm on the site every single day. So 2022, my guys. So AKA the players that I want in all of my leagues. These are guys that I believe will outperform their current ADP, which is where they are being drafted at in fantasy football drafts. Um, Through this podcast, I'm going to reference some ranks for positions. For instance, if I say Nick Scrip was number seven in receiving yards in 2021, I'm getting that data from Player Profiler. And ADP, again, refers to where guys go in drafts, where they are being ranked. I'm pulling that from Fantasy Pros. So my guys, again, guys I'm very high on. Uh, If I had to put my name on these guys, I would for this season. Um, Again, I'm trying to get them everywhere. So let's start off with the quarterback position. Jalen Hurts comes to mind at first. I think he might have made my 2021 my guys list as well, but I'm going to continue on the Jalen Hurts train here. Right now he's being drafted as the QB7, 60th overall. He averaged 21.41 fantasy points across the full 2021 regular season. If we look at weeks 1 through 11, he was the overall QB1 in scoring for fantasy football. Number one in carries. He was number one in rushing yards as well with 782. Number one in rushing touchdowns with 10. So obviously the the elite rushing upside is there for Jalen Hurts. Number three in air yards per attempt number 15 in yards per attempt, number 10 in deep ball accuracy, and number 13 in red zone accuracy. I want to bring those up because it it seems that he did pretty well for uh, the bigger passing plays, which he was kind of forced to do at times for Philadelphia. Why is this important? Because you have a monster of a weapon now in Philadelphia with A.J. Brown. We obviously know that he's a massive playmaker. He goes for high yardage days. So if Jalen Hurts continues to progress as a passer and have those uh, bigger passing uh, yards per attempt numbers and deep ball accuracies and is is efficient in the red zone like we just shared, this is huge for A.J. Brown. On top of having Devonta Smith, who is entering year two, and I feel like him getting or achieving 916 receiving yards is kind of... Um, slept on a little bit. I feel like we don't talk about Devonta Smith too, too much. The former Heisman Trophy winner, 
uh, first round draft pick. Uh, he was just shy of a thousand yards in his rookie season. He had a better rookie season than people give him credit for. And Dallas Goddard, who I think a lot of people regard as a pretty solid tight end. So a lot of good weapons here for Jalen Hurts. He is a guy, again, QB7. I ranked him at QB3. I would not be shocked if he is the dark horse quarterback one of the year that surprises people and finishes as the best fantasy quarterback. Uh, we're talking, you know, 2019 Lamar Jackson, but I think that he has a better receiving core than, you know, Lamar did at that time. So I think the upside is just massive for Jalen Hurts. Number two on the list is Tua Tungavaloa. So Tua, QB 16, he's being drafted 132nd overall. A lot of people are still pretty hesitant about, you know, how they feel about him. But there's a lot of pluses for him in this coming season. New head coach, Mike McDaniels, who was the offensive coordinator from San Francisco. They have a new OC as well. The coaching staff believes in him. They're quoted nonstop talking about him in, in, in their belief in Tua. They added Tyreek Hill, who was a former Kansas City Chief that um, obviously has been nothing but great for fantasy football. And, you know, is coming from a Patrick Mahomes system, but still very, very explosive wide receiver with tons of speed, yards after the catch. Uh, can line up uh, out wide or in the slot. Just a, one of the most explosive playmakers in the NFL. So to get Tyree Kill is massive. Added Armstead to the offensive line. Chase Edmonds, who I've talked about countless times and I, I really believe is going to be a solid running back this year. Uh, even Cedric Wilson Jr. is a pretty, pretty solid add uh, who did well for the Cowboys last year. So looking at that core of an improved O-line, uh, Chase Edmonds in the backfield. They did add Sony Michelle and Raheem Mostert. You got Tyree Kill with second year Jalen Waddle, who had a phenomenal rookie season. Mike Isecki as well, very serviceable. I, I, I love this system for Tua. Uh, number three in accuracy rating, number one in deep ball completion percentage, number two in red zone accuracy. So I want to bring up these accuracy metrics just because I feel like we always think that he has to air it out for him to get a ton of receiving yards uh, that translate, obviously, into passing yards. But that's not the case. We saw Jimmy G last season. I, I brought this up countless times. Uh, he was number 12 in passing yards, but number 24 in air yards. And how does that happen? Well, when you have guys that provide yards after the catch, which Jimmy G had Kittle and Ayuk and Debo, that adds to your stats of passing yards. The same could be said about Tua. He's very accurate. All he has to do is get the ball into his playmaker's hands with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are great getting those yards after the catch, and that's going to add to his stats. McDaniels himself, uh, I saw a video this past week, said that Tua has the most accurate throw he's seen. And he like did a double take and, and thought about it. And he's like, yeah, I think, you know, it is the most accurate ball I've seen. So, you know, yours, I think it's just going to be a very similar system than, you know, uh, from San Francisco where McDaniels has come from 
with guys that can provide those yards after the catch with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and Chase Edmonds, who's a great pass-catching running back. I think we forget that he can also add to that statistic as well. So really like Tua, QB 16. I think that he is set up to be successful. I think he is a good quarterback. I think he just has not had the career start that we've wanted him to. So we'll shift to running back. So DeAndre Swift, running back eight. He's going 14th overall in drafts. He is probably, if I had a name, you know, one guy that is a Nick Scripps staple, it's it's DeAndre Swift. Uh, he tied in average targets per game with Leonard Fournette with six, is the leader for that category. He was number two in target share for the running back position. Number one in yards created per touch, which I thought was very interesting. Number nine in yards after the catch, and that's for all positions, and he did miss some games. Number eight in snap share. So just digging apart those right there, high target ceiling, yards after the catch, yards created. So he is a pass-catching running back that has the upside of playmaking abilities. And, and I love that about DeAndre Swift. He had two massive rushing days as well right before he got hurt. So we got to see a glimpse of, hey, you know, he's not just an Austin Eckler that's going to rush for 50 yards a game and get, you know, eight catches. He is is a true, you know, all-around running back in, in my opinion. And it's nice to see him uh, in camp getting some hype. He put on some muscle. And I think he's really geared up for a true breakout because he did have a very good start to his season up until he was hurt and you know the the injuries is something that people have brought up before but if you watch that play Roquan Smith literally like pile driving this guy out of bounds on his shoulder come you know a clean play and everything like that but I think most non-Derek Henry running backs would have been hurt on that play they have a solid offensive line the offensive the offense in general is getting better and he has just that you know high receiving ceiling and people will say, well, hey, they, they added pass catchers to the system and, you know, everybody might be healthy at, at some point. So what does that mean for Swift? And, and my answer is that the playbook doesn't change too, too much, right? Um, I, th I feel like the, the wide receivers, if they add seven new wide receivers, they're going to take away from each other's plays versus plays that are drawn up for their running back position. So I'm all in on DeAndre Swift. Running back eight, I had him ranked as a hot take running back three for the year. Next running back, Saquon Barkley, RB13, 24th overall player being drafted right now. 18 out of his last 35 games played, above 60% of the snaps, he's had 20-plus fantasy points. So that's over 50% of the time that he's healthy, he's scoring 20-plus fantasy points. In that rookie season, he scored probably a good chunk of that, but we've seen this past season back-to-back -back weeks before injury again where he was scoring 20-plus fantasy points. Rookie year, he had that you know 1307 rushing yard plus 91 re uh, receptions season, which was phenomenal. Um, he was a you know said to be a generational running back, and he put that on full display as a rookie. Next season, he racked up another 1,000 yards on the ground. But he's dealt with a lot of injuries. But I will say that I feel, you know, another year away from that ACL injury, I think we're going to see a major, major bounce back out of Saquon Barkley. He's a major dual threat running back. The offense has improved. And I think being on, you know, a contract year, uh, having the chip on his shoulder that, you know, I am that guy and I haven't been that guy is going to really push 
Saquon forward, and I'm happy to have him in, in the second round of drafts right now. Uh, running back 13, I have him as a top 10 running back for this year. Last running back on the list, Travis Etienne Jr., running back 19, 43rd overall pick. You know, the college profile shows efficiency running. He had 7.2 yards per carry. Uh, another dual threat guy. I think that's like the common uh, emphasis here for the running back position is dual threat running backs. I want the guys that catch passes and get plenty of touches. 4,952 rushing yards and 102 receptions at Clemson, which is the same college that Trevor Lawrence, who is the quarterback for the Jaguars, uh, was at. So, I mean, these guys are reuniting from uh, being college teammates to being actual NFL teammates. And we didn't get to see ETN last year because of that uh, Liz Frank injury, but a lot of good and positive camp reports have come out that he looks good. We also have James Robinson, who's had some very, very good games for the Jaguars the last two years, but he's still recovering from his Achilles injury. Uh, reports have said that he should be ready week one. I'm not sure if, if ready means 100% or 50%, you know, so I, I'm kind of wary about Robinson being super effective this this year. So ETN, he's connected with his his former college quarterback who threw the ball to him a lot. I think that in itself just should, you know, ring the the bell that hey, this guy can really really be something uh in the NFL now that he is geared up to play. Next guy on the list, we're going to go to the wide receiver position, Michael Pittman Jr. being drafted as the wide receiver 13. I just bumped him inside of my top 12 four wide receivers. Uh, it was between him and T. Higgins. And, you know, I, I might find a way uh, as I think about things to get both him and T. Higgins inside my top 12. But right now he pushed T out and T is now at uh, 13. He's at 12 for me. Uh, obviously things are going to change up into the season, but big jump from his rookie to his sophomore year. Weeks 2, 5, 7, 8, 9, 13, and 16, he was a top 20 wide receiver. Two of those, he was a top 8 wide receiver. He was on absolute fire from weeks 5 through 9. He averaged 19 fantasy points. He was a wide receiver 3 during that time. So a small window, but I, I think it just shows you what he can do for a chunk of weeks. If that extends to a full season, we're looking at a very, very scary wide receiver. He was number 44 in catchable target rate with Carson Wentz. We now have a quarterback upgrade with Matt Ryan. So he did have a solid sophomore season with a very iffy quarterback in Carson Wentz. Now we add Matt Ryan, who we've seen have, have plenty of seasons with high passing yards and have very fantasy-relevant wide receivers, which I'm not going to compare Pittman Jr. to those guys, but we've seen the the Julios and the Calvin Ridleys and even, you know, Russell Gage, obviously not to the extent we want, but we've seen plenty of guys be successful with Matt Ryan. So it's, it's, it's a good sign for him. So I think for Michael Pittman Jr., you can count on a high target share, you know, an improved QB situation, which could be a bump in, in other statistics. And I think that he is going to be a big red zone target for a good offense uh, and, and a good quarterback in that area of the field with Matt Ryan. So um, I'm, I'm all in on Michael Pittman Jr. having a breakout. I, I believe he was like the wide receiver 21 
um, this past season overall for the fantasy uh, year at one through 17. But Michael Pittman Jr. I think is going to be a guy that is going to uh, really splash in the NFL this year with the with the uh, the situation that he is in. And it's a good offense. It's just it's a good offense. So they're going to be in good field positions. And we know that, you know, Jonathan Taylor had like 8000 uh, red zone attempts this past year, but I think they're going to mix it up a little bit in that area. Another wide receiver on the list, and I'll just be quick about this one, but Jerry Judy, I'm sticking with Jerry Judy, is a guy that I will continue to pound the table for uh, until I'm wrong. And I, and I want to say, you know, people, backtracking here, so people will say that, you know, you have been wrong about Jerry Judy. He's never done anything in the NFL, but, you know, I'll fire back and say, hey, you know, the quarterback situation has always been terrible and he's dealt with injuries. And I don't think, you know, a guy being banged up often through his, you know, start to his career means he's a bad football player. I think that's two very different things. Obviously he needs to stay healthy, but I'm all in on Jerry Judy. He was my number one wide receiver out of his draft class. I think that with the ball in his hands, he's a great playmaker. Everybody and their mother has talked about the the route running ability, uh, but Jerry Judy is just a guy whose talent I've I've always believed in, and now he gets Russell Wilson. So there's zero reason for me to go backwards and say, hey, this guy I've always believed in, now I need not believe in him, you know, as Russell Wilson steps through the door. Um, 15th pick in 2020, great talent out of Alabama. Uh, we've seen little, little glimpses of what he can do in the NFL, but I, I, I truly believe he leads this team in targets for 2022. And a lot of people, every time I bring up Jerry Judy, make it a big, you know, Judy versus Sutton thing. I'll say right now, I think both guys are going to be good with Russell Wilson. I, I, I truly believe that. I think both guys will be very useful for fantasy football. I just prefer Jerry Judy. I think he's going to have the uh, the higher target share in this offense with Russell Wilson. So I want that guy. You know, I, I think, you know, Cortland Sutton is going to be a guy that might have some bigger, uh, some more frequent big play ability, I guess you can say. Maybe he has more receiving yards than Jerry Judy, but I'm I'm all in on Jerry Judy leading the team in targets from Russell Wilson, which we know should mean a lot for fantasy. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 24, 61st overall in fantasy football drafts. Another my guy who is another, you know, Nick Scripps staple is Elijah Moore. Uh, the college profile, I think, is very um, telling of what he can do in the NFL. Uh, his final season, Ole Miss, he averaged 10.75 catches, 149.13 receiving yards, and a touchdown per game. That is insane volume and insane production. I feel like that's not talked about enough, how, how much he killed it at the college level. This is a guy that, that played with, with DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown for a season. He had three 20-point fantasy, uh, fantasy weeks in 2021 with four different Jets quarterbacks. So, again, like that to me means a lot. You can say, well, other guys in that system were hurt, this and that, but to have three really, really nice games uh, in the, the fantasy football season with four different Jets quarterbacks, and we're talking about Jets quarterbacks, not you know a system that has two good guys or three good guys. I mean, th those guys perform pretty well. Uh, and, and we might see him with Joe Flacco again with the Zach Wilson injury, but I think that just kind of screams what, what this guy can do. 
So playmaking ability plus touchdown upside. I think, you know, Elijah Moore can line up anywhere. I know Garrett Wilson's on the team now. Does that mean he's always in the slot or always wide? I don't think so. I think they get creative with both guys, but I think he's going to be the team's wide receiver one. I, I really think that uh, in New York, the quarterback question is is a legit one to ask. Zach Wilson uh, had the, the injury to the knee. Uh, maybe he's ready week one, maybe he's ready week three. I'd have to touch back on that. But if it's Joe Flacco, we're talking about, you know, a veteran that we've seen, uh, good, you know, a good connection with Elijah Moore this past season with the Jets. So I, I don't mind the, the quarterback situation as much as other people. I actually think Joe Flacco is very serviceable and will do just fine, uh, feeding Elijah Moore this season. So I'm all in on Elijah Moore for 2022, who is being, drafted as the wide receiver 35 and I'm much higher than that on Elijah Moore for this year I don't get that uh that ranking actually I think you know his upside is probably like top 15 to 20 uh where I have him ranked is probably either low to mid 20s two more wide receivers uh Drake London I want to talk about both of these guys that uh, I'm going to finish up with for the wide receiver position are Rookies, uh, Drake London, eighth overall pick. He was my wide receiver one coming out of this draft class. And the NFL said that he was the wide receiver one just by him being selected as the first wide receiver one to Atlanta. Talking about a 6'4 guy. You know, everybody talks about the uh, um, contested catch ability out of him, but he had just massive production at USC his final season. 88 receptions, 1,084 Receiving yards and seven touchdowns in eight games. So we talked about what Elijah Moore did. His, you know, per game averages was 11 catches, 135 receiving yards, and almost a touchdown. So uh, that to me is is massive production out of a guy who was graded um, the highest uh, by PFF since they started grading uh, for any player in the Pac-12. So he had the highest receiving grade for a Pac-12 player since PFF started grading, which you know, again, do we completely trust the way a site, you know, grades a player's ability? Maybe not, but if they do it every year and they have a, a good model for it, I think it's something that does stand out. Uh, so do the math, you know, great college production plus excellent draft capital plus lack of competition in Atlanta. It's literally just him and Kyle Pitts. He's going to get a lot of volume and he, he did deal with an injury already, but he should be should be good to go. But you know, if we look at guys that, you know, have have received 110 to 120 targets on a yearly basis and what they did for fantasy football, it probably does not make sense to where he's going in drafts. So wide receiver 40 I'm looking at right now for, for drafts. I think I might have to actually like confirm that we're looking at PPR. We are wide receiver 40 for a guy that's going to see 110 to 120 targets, in my opinion. I think that's insane. Draft Drake London. Last wide receiver on the My Guys list, Jahan Dotson, another rookie wide receiver. He was number 18 in receiving yards, number 12 in receptions, and tied for number 8 in receiving touchdowns for college football last season. 91 receptions for 1,182 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns in that final season at Penn State. He averaged 98.5 yards per game and had one of the best dominator ratings. So very good profile coming out of Penn State. And it resulted in him being a first-round draft pick, which I think you know I, I think some people forget about. Dotson was literally a first-round draft pick, 16th overall. 
In Matt Harmon's reception perception, he said that Dotson had the best hands in the draft class with the lowest drop rate and ranked fourth in contested catch rate. He also noted that he was one of the best zone beaters in the class with a 96 percentile success rate. Dotson has, you know, catch and run playmaking abilities with solid speed and a nice opportunity because I know Curtis Samuel is there and obviously Terry McLaurin is there in Washington, but I've seen nothing but, you know, camp clips of Jahan Dotson. And I talked about Elijah Moore. Dotson is my Elijah Moore of this year. I was really in on Moore last season. He had all these, you know, camp clips coming out and was killing, you know, OTAs and, and, and doing everything right and ended up having some really, really big weeks. The same can be said about Dotson, who's killing camp. Carson Wentz, you know, has spoke highly of him and the coaching staff has as well. And again, Curtis Samuel is there, but I think Dotson is going to be the number two on this team. I think they'll find ways to be creative with Curtis Samuel, but I really think that Dotson is the number two on this team. And that can mean some, some decent volume for a guy that is being drafted very low right now for what I believe he can actually do. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 64. Insane. Which is after a guy like Christian Watson, who is not even practicing right now, which is after... Uh, Julio Jones, who I, I think is going to, you know, have some decent games with Tom Brady, but you know, I for a full year, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, he's being drafted after uh, a bunch of tight ends, Albert O, uh, being drafted after Marlon Mack. Like that's insane that he's being drafted this low, knowing his production this past season, knowing that he's been absolutely smoking preseason and camp, and knowing that he has a nice opportunity. Shift to the tight end position, Colt. Cole Komet and Dalton Schultz. So I'm going to go with Dalton Schultz first. Uh, he's being drafted as the tight end six right now and overall the tight end 65. I think he, uh, you know, I've talked about it before for the tight end position. Uh, for me, I'm going to try to draft Kyle Pitts. If not, then I'll pivot down the board to Dalton Schultz. If not, then I'll pivot down the board to Zach Ertz. If not, then I'll pivot down the board to Cole Komet. That's kind of my tight end draft strategy for this year. So Dalton Schultz uh, being drafted as the tight end six. I have him as the tight end four, a little spicy there, but that's how I see it. He was the tight end four in 2021. He was number five in routes run, number six in targets, number three in receptions, number seven in air yards, number six in receiving yards, number six in yards after the catch, and number five in total touchdowns for the tight end position. 62.5% of his games played. He was a top 12 tight end. He had three games of 20 plus fantasy points. So look at 2022. We got Amari Cooper out of the picture. Michael Gallup is still recovering from that torn ACL. There is true potential for Schultz to be the number two option in this offense behind CD Lamb. And that is the type of tight end that I want on my fantasy football team. The one that's going to have consistent targets and consistent and a consistent role in his offense, and that is Dalton Schultz, who we just saw you know, have a great fantasy season, and he's geared up to have an even better one. Other guy is Cole Komet, who is being drafted as the tight end 13, 129th overall. So Cole Komet checks a lot of the same boxes I just talked about for, uh, for Schultz, uh, being the potential number two in his offense behind in, in Chicago, Darnell Mooney. Cole Komet showed us uh, a handful of top 12 weeks this past season. Uh, he had a decent amount of targets. I think this year he can hit that 100 mark for targets. And we've seen, you know, the better receiving yard days out of him. That was my big concern after his rookie year is that, hey, he would 
have five targets, but he would go for like 30 yards or something. This past season, we saw a handful of games where he was, you know, 60 to 80 something uh, yards, which is good because that, that, uh, that shows a little bit of upside for the tight end position. He had the big goose egg for touchdowns. I'm not sure Chicago's going to score, you know, a thousand touchdowns this season, but I, I do think he's the number two in his offense. I think he's progressed a lot. Uh, dude looks like an absolute beast right now. I think he's got a good connection with Justin Fields, and, you know, volume is going to be key for him, and I think he's going to see it for this coming season. My spicy ranking for him was tight end nine for this year, and maybe that's too low. So we'll finish up with some honorable mentions, uh, guys that didn't make my my guys list, but I'm all in on, on these guys as well, and, and I'm really optimistic for them. So Jameis Winston at the quarterback position with the system that he has in front of him, and we've seen the big passing yards and passing touchdown upside back in the day. Delvin Cook, who I believe can finish as the running back one. I think he, he truly can. Just seeing how close he's been um, a couple seasons ago, I, I think it was not this season, the two prior, he was like running back two and running back three. Uh, new offensive, uh, new offense with Kevin O'Connell. I, I really like Dalvin Cook. I've tried to get him almost everywhere this offseason. Brees Hall, the rookie uh, out of Iowa State on the Jets. I'm all in on Brees Hall having a big season year one. Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Mike Williams are all guys that I feel have a ton of receiving upside that I'm I'm all in on as well. Uh, Kadarius Tony and Devontae Parker are two guys that are more sleepers than anything that I've talked about uh, in the past a bit, but I feel like Kadarius Tony yards after catch monster. Uh, Devontae Parker just in 2019 was a, was a huge fantasy asset. I, I really like those guys, especially when we're looking at where they're going in drafts. They, they definitely categorize as sleepers. And then tight end Zach Ertz for, again, similar reasons as Cole Command and Dalton Schultz. I, I do like Zach Ertz. Ertz's opportunity in in the chance to have some solid weekly targets, especially with DeAndre Hopkins out of the picture. So if you type in on Twitter and search, you know, at P2W Fantasy uh, 2022, my guys, you can find the full thread, but that's it for me. And these are the guys that I'm going to put my name on. Thanks for tuning in, guys.